welcome to this special meat and potatoes, bread and butter, loyal listener, whatever you want to call it, episode of the State of the Art Sports Podcast. I am excited. Why are you excited, Jake? Oh, I am excited because we finally, finally, we get to talk about fantasy freaking Football. It is that time of year. Training camp is underway. The pads are coming on. The ACLs are being torn. The ankles are being sprained. The collarbones are being broken. That is the best time of year. We get to give you our official state-of-the-art sports. Soda Sports. SOTAS Pod. Top 10 running back rankings. I'm ecstatic to be able to do that. Matt, what is going to be upcoming? Not only do we have this... Top 10 running back rankings. We're going to have running backs part 2, receivers part 1 and 2. We're going to have quarterbacks and tight ends. And we might even throw in a dynasty episode for you guys out there. So you guys know which rookies are the studs, the bust, and who you could steal in the later rounds in those drafts. So we told you this was going to be a surprise. Well, not only is this episode a surprise, but I think our rankings are going to raise some eyebrows. So let's get started. So the way we broke down our top 10 running backs uh, was into tiers, uh, specifically three tiers. Um, that's based on ability, skill level, opportunity. And so let's get into it. Uh, we're going to start with the first tier. Uh, so the official state-of-the-art sports number one running back is David Johnson. Matt, tell us about David Johnson. He's the no-doubt number one running back. He's Mr. Do-It-All. He's Mr. Run-The-Ball, Mr. Catch-The-Ball. I mean, if you are in a PPR league, David Johnson's probably going to have 80 catches on the year, and that's just fantastic for you PPR owners. Even if you're not in a PPR league, the man is going to get 20 to 30 touches a game, and that's only going to increase his points total because he's going to score. We know he's going to get in the end zone. Here's one thing I like about David Johnson compared to all the other running backs. The man is freaking huge. He looks like a linebacker running the ball uh, with wide receiver speed. Um, so, uh, at the end of last season, uh, he, he did suffer a knee injury. I believe it was a strained MCL, a, a grade 2 strained MCL. Um, certainly worrying when uh, a running back has a knee injury, but uh, luckily grade 2 MCL tears are re- perfectly recoverable uh, without having to go under the knife. Um, so, David Johnson's a relatively durable running back, which is most important in your first round, uh, because you don't win your draft in the first round, but you can certainly lose your draft in the first round. Um, what I like about David Johnson is that the opportunity is so there, and the skill level is so there. Um, it's the, the uh, rarest combination in fantasy football. He has an opportunity to not have over a thousand rushing yards. Uh, he's a shoe in for a thousand rushing yards, but have a thousand receiving yards on top of that as well, which is just mammoth, like unfathomably insane. And when you're going to have that kind of opportunity, the touchdowns are going to follow. But let me tell you about opportunity real quick. Last year, Bruce Arians in training camp was hyping up this young whippersnapper, this player that nobody's heard of. This I think it was a fourth round pick. David Johnson, oh, you, you know, we're, 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 we're going to try to get him more involved, and uh, 
he, he's really going to be a big part of what we do this year. And boy, oh boy, was he correct. He was not lying to the press when he said that a lot of times uh, with coaches, you hear the coach speak uh, or, or, or you hear the media echo chamber uh, reciting the same quotes. Um, this was no BS from Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians, for whatever reason, compared to all the co other coaches, is telling the truth about what his game plan is. And he has been very recently quoted on saying that David Johnson is going to receive... 30 touches a game! And if, if this man receives 30 touches a game, I don't know how that would be divided. 20, 20 rushes and 10 receptions, 25 rushes and 5 receptions. It doesn't matter if it's 30 receptions. This man is just going to go off. I mean, you see with uh, Bruce Arians' past, whether it's as a head coach or offense coordinator, he usually has top 15 running backs. And, I mean, with the Cardinals running the ball 36.7% of the time last year, and with Palmer getting older and Fitzgerald getting older and always fading out, David Johnson's only going to get more touches because Palmer's either going to run screens to David Johnson or Palmer can't throw the ball down the field anymore, so he's just going to check it off to David Johnson. Right, Palmer is no longer the guy that's going to throw 40 times a game. You know, the Arizona Cardinals should change the name of their team from the Arizona Cardinals to the Arizona David Johnsoners because he is their whole team. He's going to have to put the team on the back, squat them, and then drop them off at the landing, at the destination spot. Um... Uh, what I also like, too, is the offensive line is not too shabby. Um, you have DJ Humphreys, who's a blocking tackle. Uh, you have Mike Ayupati at left guard, who is a Pro Bowl guard. Uh, you have Jared Veld here at right tackle, who's nothing to scoff at. He's a power tackle. Uh, and then you have the new right guard, fourth-round pick last year, named Evan Bohm, who nobody knows who he is, but we do because we do the research and everything. Uh, he is a power, power run-blocking specialist. And when I am drafting running backs... On offensive linemen who are power run blocking specialists. Um, let's get into number two. Boy, oh boy, is this one. So, when I said surprise, this is really what I was talking about uh, because this number two is so different than everyone else. But when I was going through and when Matt was going through making rankings, we both had this guy in the same spot, which is crazy because uh, we thought we were insane for, for doing that. Um, but, so, our official number two running back is Jay Ajay. <laughs> Matt, tell us about Jay Ajay. Jay Ajay is the workhorse there. I mean, there's Adam Gase has been quoted recently saying he could get 350 carries. That's a crazy amount. I mean, we, Jay Ajay had suffered a concussion the first week of training camp, I believe, and that concussion is probably not going to carry over into the season. But 350 carries for a running back is a ton, but that doesn't matter. He's still our number two running back. Why Why is that, Jake? Okay, so, I mean, like, I, I just got to talk about how talented David Johnson is, but Jay Ajayi might be the most talented running back in the world. Um, you know, there were scares when he was drafted about his knee. Oh, his knee. And it's very possible, you know, when he, in two or three years, his knee could blow up. But his knee did not blow up last year. But he, his, his knee was just as good as anyone else's knees last year. Um, so what I love about Jay Ajayi is, according to Pro Football Focus, when Jay Ajayi was made the starter, um, which was about, like, week four, week five, week six, um, when he started getting the, the, uh, the, uh, the 20 touches, uh, he broke more tackles than any other running back in the NFL, and it was, like, by far, like, the next closest was, like, 15 behind him. Um, and that just goes to show how talented he is. And he did that with his starting center, their best offensive lineman, Mike Pouncey, being 
on the shelf. And Ryan Tannehill getting hurt. Exactly. They had Anthony Steen, they had good old Anthony Steen at center getting blown up. If you go back and you watch the film, because that's how we judge our players, is we watch the film, you know, because quotes, statistics, are completely different than what you actually see. Um, if you go back and watch the film, Anthony Steen, who was the center for the majority of last season, was getting blown up on every play because Mike Pouncey was out with a hip injury. Luckily, Mike Pouncey is back now from a stem cell procedure, a very new procedure that he had in his hip, and he's supposedly healthy. Um, that is huge for J.H.I. to not have your center, the center of your offensive line, right in the middle having pressure so you have to break a bunch of tackles. So, you know, if you have good blocking for J.H.I., uh, he is going to be, like, minimum Pro Bowl. Minimum. And, as Matt was saying, the opportunity is going to be there. And, you know, speaking of Ryan Tannehill, uh, this is certainly not a pass-first team. No, they ran the ball 44.4% of the time last year, even with that pouncy injury. And you would think with their starting center hurt, because we saw with the Browns when Alex Mack got hurt a couple of years ago, that their running just went downhill. Your center is... Is really your, he's really the captain of your offense behind the quarterback. He is he's the he's the stick. He's the stone. He is the dude on the offensive line that is going to help you out. And when you lose someone like that, you still run the ball near forty five percent of the time. To me, that's insane. And with Pouncey back, either I think they're I think they'll run the ball near fifty percent of the time this year. It's not just Pouncey too. I mean, this is a hell of an offensive line. You've Laramie Tunsil who proved to be. Terrific, an elite-level left tackle. You have Anthony Steen, who was horrible at center last year, who's going to be playing guard, so maybe that experience will help him. I, I still think he's a piss-poor lineman, but besides the point, you have Jamon Bushrod, uh, your right guard, who's proven to be a pretty good guard in, in his transition from tackle to guard. And then you have Juwan James at right tackle, who is specifically the power tackle, Mr. Run-Blocking Specialist. He's one of the worst pass blockers I've ever seen, but he's Mr. Run-Blocking. And for J.H.I., that's all I care about is run-blocking. But J.H.I. virtually has nobody, much like David Johnson did, that's going to steal his opportunities. Are, is, is Damian Williams really going to steal his opportunities? Is is, is Kenyon Drake really going to steal any opportunities from him? No, you saw I mean, you saw Ajay get 60, 62% of the team's carries last year. That number's probably going to be number is going to go up because, like, the, the, like, like, the first, like, if, if you remember, like, the first four or five games, he was, like, inactive. He was MIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he was getting mad at Adam Gase for something. So, yeah. You know, and this team, it, 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 uh, so like, like Tannehill's not great, but Tannehill can get it done. It's not like a guy is going to be facing stacked boxes. The receivers are uberly talented here, um, and with the addition of Julius Thomas as well. Um, so let's venture into our number three running back. And to most, uh, you know, people are going to say, "Oh, this is you know too low for him. You know, he should at least be number two. Um, but I think this is about right for him. Official state-of-the-art sports number three running back is Le'Veon Bell. Matt, tell us about Le'Veon. Le'Veon's a monster. I mean, there, I mean, there's not much to say about him. If Antonio Brown wasn't in Pittsburgh, Le'Veon would be our number one back because he would get every single touch there. I mean, they would, they might just put him in, in shotgun and have him run up the middle every single time. Le'Veon is a once-in-a-generational type talent because of the with his hands. And the way he hits the holes, I haven't seen a running back like him hit the holes in a while because he can make that cut. He can make that quick turn. He's not a Trent Richardson running into his right guard every time. 
Yeah, well, so Le'Veon is probably the best one-cut running back in the NFL. Um, what's great about Le'Veon is his offensive line. He probably has, like, the second or third best offensive line. Third, according to pro football folks. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's an elite-level offensive line. It's always been an elite-level offensive line. Specializes in run blocking. Um, the My only beef, my only beef with Le'Veon Bell is despite, you know, he's got good size. He's not one of these Jamal Charles, very skinny uh, running backs. My only beef is that, like, every single season he's had some pretty, like he's had to go under the knife. He's he's had some pretty serious injuries. He's had you know the groins, the knees. Um, this past off season, he underwent core muscle surgery, um, and uh, it was taking a while uh, to recover from that. Um, they weren't very specific on it, but what I suspect what the core muscle injury was uh, was a hernia, uh, and that is not good. <laughs> you know when your running back is having a hernia and. Uh, generally speaking, the hernia surgery requires like a mesh implant, and those can be problematic as well. So my only beef with Le'Veon is uh, his injuries, but he is like what like what we think J- David Johnson is, you know, with the run- with the rushing opportunity and the receiving opportunity, um, and you know, there's nobody that is going to steal any of his workload. Fitzgerald, old Fitzgerald Toussaint is not. Uh, not going to be stealing any goal line carries. Uh, D'Angelo Williams got out of town. So. Le'Veon is the back there. Um, and you see with another offensive corner thing, Todd Haley always produces top fantasy running backs. Always has and probably always will because his, his system is just perfect for the running backs, which fantasy owners love. Venturing into Tier 2 now. The official state-of-the-art sports number four running back is... Melvin Gordon. Matt, tell us about Melvin. Melvin is a good back. Not a great back. Not a bad back. He's a good back. Perfect spot for number four. Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Chargers have a very mediocre offensive line, though, and that's what scares me about Melvin because we saw the report today that Forrest Lamp got carved off the field. Don't, I don't know much about that injury, but with the very mediocre offensive line as it is, Melvin can only do so much. What do you What do you like about Melvin, though? So, Chargers moving to L.A., uh, Los Angeles, good city. Um, I think they should change the name of Los Angeles to Melvinville because that's exactly what it's going to be. This man is is the San Diego Chargers. He probably has the most opportunity. The Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, sh- yeah. Yeah, Chris Paul got out because he knew it was Melvin's town. <laughs> <laughs> this man has the most opportunity of any running back in the NFL. You know, like we always talk about running backs, you know, approaching that 400-touch level. He's making a 500 touches. What do you think? I think with no real impact or back there or back up back to him, I mean, who else is going to touch the ball for him? We saw, we saw their first-round pick, Mike Williams, get hurt. Um, so... Who is who is Philip gonna throw to? Or he's gonna hand it off to Melvin, but who's who else is he throwing to? I mean, there's always a lot of injuries for the Chargers. There is no backup. There's no Danny Woodhead there. There's Kenneth Farrow, who is one of the worst backups in the NFL. Um, they have uh, a new coach there, actually, uh, Anthony Lynn, ex running back. If you know your coaching, ex running back Anthony Lynn. Out with Mike McCoy and in with the running specialist, Anthony Lynn. Uh, he was over there in Buffalo. He was the uh, interim uh, over there. He uh, brings a 
simple, simplified zone blocking scheme to the Chargers. Um, well, you saw what Shady did in Buffalo. I mean, why couldn't Melvin do that? The same thing. To me, they are similar backs because they're small, they're fast, they're they're kind of fragile. They they get hurt. They're similar backs, and I think Anthony Lynn is going to do a lot of work with a younger Shady now. Completely agree. Uh, he's been quoted saying that Melvin Gordon's game has been growing like a weed. Um, also, durability too. Melvin's so. Oh, before I get into durability, how about in 2015 when Melvin Gordon scored zero touchdowns? And everyone's like, oh, this man is, like, he's allergic to touchdowns. You know, touchdowns are his kryptonite. And then, you know, the following year he has double-digit touchdowns. So, uh, you know, the, the goal line carries are certainly going to be there for Melvin. Um, but, you know, durability, he's a fairly durable running back. Um, you know, the, the reason he's not in Tier 1 is just because he's not an elite talent. He's good talent, not an elite talent. Uh, but he's a fairly durable running back. Um, uh, last week of the season, he sprained his PCL, and that's about it for Melvin Gordon. Um, so, uh, number five. Number five, Mr. Gans. Who is number five, Matt? He should be number one if he wasn't facing a suspension. He, From the Ohio State University, Zeke Elliott. My goodness, and I completely agree with you. If it wasn't for the suspension, if it wasn't for the, I guess the NFL is phrasing it, the domestic violence investigation, which Jerry Jones refuses to phrase it as that, uh, or the the two speeding tickets where he was going over 100 miles an hour and charged with reckless driving and got that reduced to uh, misdemeanors, uh, or the alleged bar incident where he threw a punch. Uh, if all of these didn't exist, Zeke is the number one overall player, the number one overall running back, the best in the business, but because you have potentially a six to eight game suspension looming, I don't think it'll be that much. I think it'll be more like four. Uh, but because you have that on the table, you simply can't overdraft this man. He's still a first rounder, no doubt. I mean, a half season of, of Zeke is probably better than a full season of most guys. I mean, the Cowboys offense... If Dak's not on, it, they get, it's give the ball to Zeke and get the hell out of the way. Here's the thing. If you take Zeke in the first round, what round do you go McFadden? you got to go McFadden pretty early because you got to get that back. Because with the offensive line for the Cowboys, you know McFadden's still going to have pretty good games because the Cowboys' offensive line is top three. I mean, McFadden is Number gonna, one. It's a stretch. It's a stretch with, with losing uh, Leary and Doug Free and a bunch of guys, but... I still think with Collins and they got Cooper, I think Cooper could plug and play this year at left guard. I, I think they have a chance. So, uh, so everybody's assuming Jonathan Cooper is, is going to be the left guard. Uh, at least right now the way it is in training camp is Chaz, uh, who I refer to as Chaz. I've had every operation <laughs> imaginable green. Chaz, I love being under the knife. Chaz, I'm going to have so many sur- – I'm going to try to set the record for surgeries. Uh, Chaz, I've, I've been in the NFL two years, and I've, I've had like 20 surgeries green. Uh, uh, they're going to move him from guard to, uh, or no, I'm sorry, from tackle to guard, presumably because you've been under the knife so many times that your mobility has decreased, so now you really can only contribute as a guard. And then Lael Collins, uh, who just signed the good size extension, will be kicked out to tackle. Um, so the only concern with Zeke is that the left guard is just so putrid because Jonathan Cooper, since getting injured his rookie season, was terrible, and Chaz Green, I think, is terrible. Um, so the only concern is the left guard position for Dallas. Everyone else is pro bowl, elite level, terrific, amazing, great. So 
That is what we think of Zeke. Now, staying in Tier 2, our number 6 running back. And when we said bold, when we said surprise, this is what we meant. The official state-of-the-art sports number 6 running back is... Marshawn Lynch. Matt, tell us about Beast Mode. He's back! Marshawn took a year off, clear up his mind, he was pissed about not getting the ball on the one-yard line still. He just, he took his body, he took a toll on his body, he needed a year off. And now he's back with his hometown team, he's got, he's back, he's going to be competitive, he's going to be inspired, and he's going to be the best running back the Raiders have had in years. Completely agree with that, and I don't understand why everyone else isn't as high as I am on Marshawn Lynch. I tried to sneak him into my top five, but I just couldn't. Um, you know, it, it, so... Uh, Marshawn Lynch, he's over 30, uh, but he doesn't have the wear and tear as a person of his age would have because of the year off. Um, but the reason why he is high for me is because of skill level, which we know is there because he is a banger of a running back, and bangers of running backs you know, don't need to have elite breakaway speed. Marshawn was never known for his elite breakaway speed. He's still big. He's still powerful. Um, but I love the opportunity. The Raiders were, like, the sixth-best offense last year. Coincidentally, Marshawn's been number six running back. But um, the, uh, the, the, there's so much opportunity. There's so many touchdowns to be had there. Um, the uh, Raiders' uh, higher-ups were, you know, quoted saying, you know, when we're on the one-yard line, we're going to give it to Marshawn. Um, you know, so when you have, you know, these six, seven-man boxes that you have to take advantage of because you have... Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree, and they just signed Cordarell Patterson, um, then you... The, the, the running back is just going to feast. And with one of the best uh, off run-blocking offensive lines in the league... It's not just run-blocking, it's one of the yeah. best offensive lines. Marshawn's going to get a good amount of touches, and especially in the red zone, where fantasy owners get their wins and get their losses. Yeah, and the... the, the he has, you know, not a lot of competition behind him. There's... Uh, uh, Jalen Richard uh, and uh, uh, DeAndre Washington, DeAndre Washington, both virtually the same kind of running back, pass catching, scat back type specialist. Uh, Marshawn is going to get the valuable touches, and uh, I mean, I just love this spot for him. Also, um, a thing that uh, nobody realizes too is the Raiders are silently upgrading the run blocking of their tight ends. Why? Well, the because they want to become a more run-dominant team or more run-heavy team. Uh, they said goodbye to Clive Warford. They said, said goodbye to Michael Rivera, two of the worst run blockers, according to Pro Football Focus. They brought up Jared Cook Jr., who is only viewed as a passing specialist, but he's actually a pretty decent run blocker. Then they brought in run-blocking specialist Lee Smith to be the second tight end. So when teams do these kind of things, when teams totally throw away whatever they've been doing at tight end and bring in two completely new average-to-good run blockers, that's a hint that the running back is going to be fed big time. And even with the new offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, he was the quarterback's coach last year, so most of the system is going to remain the same. And there's no doubt that Marshawn is a upgrade over Latavius Murray. Completely agree, Mr. Matt. So, the last of our Tier 2 is going to conclude with our number seven running back. The official state-of-the-art sports number seven running back is... Uh, DeMarco Murray. Matt, tell us about DeMarco. 
Well, everybody knows the year DeMarco had with the Cowboys a few years ago, and then he had that terrible year with the Eagles, but he's back. He's he's back. I mean, there is the threat of Derrick Henry. There's always going to be the threat of Derrick Henry. But to me, DeMarco is a top four running back. I'm that high on DeMarco. Really? Really? I just I just love what DeMarco brings to that offense for Tennessee, especially with Mariota and all their all their uh, receivers now, Corey Davis, Decker. They're, that offense is one of the most complete offenses in the league, and there's gonna there's not gonna be stacked boxes against Demarco. He's gonna have so much room to run, and with one of the best offensive lines in the league, it's really looking like Demarco is gonna be a top five running back this year. So Demarco, well, he, well, he's he's our number seven running back, Mr. Matt. So uh, d- don't get ahead of yourself, but um, so Demarco is probably the best running back in the NFL at following his blocks. If you give Demarco a good to great offensive line, he is the best running back to run behind that because DeMarco doesn't try to make things happen. DeMarco is beautiful at taking uh, uh, what what you know defense gives him. Uh, you know, if there's a big hole, he's going to find the hole and go through it. Um, you know, he's not like these kamikaze type speedster running backs who, just because the play is called over here, just kamikaze speed as fast as you can into the backside of your offensive linemen. Um, so this is an elite offensive line. Absolutely love that. Uh, this is a run-first team. Just drafted Corey Davis as well, which is going to be crucial for the running game because Corey Davis can take the top off the defense. He's really going to stretch that field, but tell me what you think about Derrick Henry. Is he going to take carries? What, what's going to happen there with that backfield? So everybody always gets excited. So, so DeMarco Murray is 29 years old. Um, everybody always gets excited anytime you have the young uh, former Heisman winner, the young piece that we really like haven't seen a ton of that we really can't judge. He, he's he's the new shiny object. That um, that's what Derrick Henry is, and um, you know, uh, it, I, I'm I'm glad he's there because he drives down Demarco's fantasy value uh, because he, he's a tier two running back for me, um, but. Uh, you know, there's absolutely no reason for uh, the Titans to give the reins to Derrick Henry, especially with DeMarco coming off of the season uh, that he did last year. So, like, th- these situations happen where the young running back takes over for the older guy, but they happen when it's the right time. And with DeMarco still performing at a Pro Bowl level, now is not the right time. Um, I also want to talk about, too, because a lot of people are scared of DeMarco because he got off to a tremendous start. Uh, to the season, the first half of the season, he was terrific, and then he faded towards the end. Well, the reason he faded is because he was battling through a toe injury, which I, I don't know if anybody realizes this, but what happened was he was just running, and he kind of landed wrong, uh, and, and, and he, was, he, uh, he was a little slow to, uh, to get back into his walk. Uh, it, it looked like a little bit of turf toe, and um, that's the only concern with DeMarco, is when you give him that big workload at the end of the season, much like he did with the Cowboys with the broken wrist, uh, he's gonna have uh, so, some dings, but overall, this man is, you know, the most consistent running back probably in the NFL. Uh, well, how early drafting Derrick Henry then? Oh, geez. Um, so if Demarco were to ever go down, and he, in college he does have history of knee injuries, which is why he was a third round pick um, uh, when he was drafted. Um, I think you have to, jeez, I mean, if you're spending, if you're reaching for DeMarco, then you have to reach for Derrick Henry. Because if DeMarco goes down, 
Derrick Henry is even higher than DeMarco's rating. Entering our final tier, tier three. Who is the official Soda Sports number eight running back, Jake? LaShawn McCoy. Shady himself. Let me tell you something about Shady. So, he's our number eight running back, but Shady has number one potential. The reason why we can't put him at number one is because of his size, because of his durability. He, you know, by week three, he's going to end up in the training room, probably before that, actually. Probably in the preseason, some sort of injury will come up. There's always an injury with Shady McCoy. The opportunity is amazing. The offensive line is pretty good. It's a run-first team. All the Bills do is run. But I just don't think his body's going to hold up, and this ranking has to reflect that. I think with the um, new offensive coordinator, Rick Dennison, who really, really helped Arian Foster back in the day, this is going to be such a good year for Shady, bearing injuries. If he gets injured, it's a, he's a bust. But if he doesn't get injured... He could easily be a top three back. I just think he's going to get injured. I think if there's he, no doubt. I mean, he gets he gets injured walking down the sidewalk. He's he's that fragile. Yeah. Um. I don't like to predict injuries, but this one I think is fairly obvious, and you have to be realistic about this. Um. And as I said before, you know, you can't lose. Or, or, no, I'm sorry. You, you don't win your draft in the early rounds. You lose your draft in the early rounds. And Shady is the. Oh, hell, I mean, Shady could end up being the number one running back, but. Um, it, it's 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 a little too rich for my blood. It, it, it's too much of a risk for me. It's it's I like to take risk, but this is a risk I can't take. Number nine, the official state of the art sports. Number nine, tier three, running back is Jordan Howard. Matt, tell us about the sophomore. So I would be absolutely enamored. With Jordan Howard, I would have him, <clears throat> excuse me, top five if it wasn't for uh, Jeremy Langford taking all those goal line touches away from Jordan Howard. So Jeremy Langford uh, last year like had, had the most one-yard touchdowns of anyone I've ever seen of, of, of a mediocre backup running back. Um, it's like Jordan Howard would do all the work. It doesn't matter if it's a 70 or an 80-yard drive. It's Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard, you know, quick pass to Eddie Royal, whoever it was. And uh, more Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard. No, then we get to the one or two-yard line. Oh, Jordan Howard's like, oh, I need a breather. Jeremy Langford comes in, touchdown. I mean, you do have Benny Cunningham there, and we do see with uh, head coach John Fox, he always loved backfield committees, whether that's his day with the Panthers or with the Broncos. He always has a committee back there. So I think the Jordan Howard talent is a little bit overstated. Um, I think his – so I wouldn't call his rookie year a fluke, I would just call it, maybe he's overperforming. Um, but the one thing you can't deny, the one consistent, the one constant, is the Bears' offensive line. Man, is that a great offensive line, especially how Josh Sitton fell in their lap last year, uh, throwing uh, Kyle Long and uh, Cody Whitehair. This is a great run-blocking offensive line. Pro Football Focus rated them as the number five offensive line coming in this year. 
And then you gotta take into account that Jake Cutler's not any there anymore. What, what should I take of Mike Glennon and Mitch Trubisky and all these quarterbacks that the Bears have? So with Jake Cutler, Jake Cutler was the you know, absolutely miserable quarterback. Uh, for whatever reason, he forgot how to play football. Uh, always stacking the box against Jordan Howard, which is just amazing how, how he was so successful last year. Mike Glennon, completely different story. When Mike Glennon started uh, with Tampa Bay, when he had the opportunity, he was a terrific quarterback. He was better. Than, he was above average starter level. And he's a huge arm. He's six six. Um, you know, the uh, regardless of this mediocre receiving talent in Chicago, um, they're going to be able to stretch the field just because of how big of an arm Mike Glennon has, which is going to help Jordan Howard. So moving on to the final, Tier 3, number 10, state-of-the-art sports, official number 10, running back. He is, his name is, Devontae Freeman. Tell us about Devontae in this contract year, too. So the contract year is going to play a lot into it because, as everyone knows, the better you play in contract year, the more money you make. But they did lose Kyle Shanahan, and there is Tevin Coleman, and those are two huge factors against Devontae Freeman. I think, so, yes, the, so Devontae Freeman would have a higher ranking if Kyle Shanahan was still there. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to put up 40 points a game anymore like they did last year. Um... But they're going to put up 30 points a game. This is one of the best offenses in the league, if not the best. Um, Steve Sarkisian, uh, the new offensive coordinator there, he's a college guy. Alabama, Washington, um, USC. Uh, power uh, offenses, um, a little bit of quick passing. Um, you, you know, it, it fits the mold perfectly of Devontae Freeman. If you look at Devontae Freeman, his running style, he's a college-style running back. Um, so, you know, he, this move is going to benefit, uh, Devontae Freeman more than Tevin Coleman. A uh, quick interesting stat, too, uh, just to throw out there, uh, like 10 of Devontae's, however many touchdowns he scored, 14, 15, 16, 10 of his touchdowns last year came at home, and, uh, which is crazy. And what that tells us is when Devontae Freeman is playing on turf fields because of how shifty he is, because he's, you know, shifty is his middle name, uh, he excels. So, uh, just a little tidbit. Are you not afraid of Tevin Coleman taking goal line carries since he's a bigger back, or does that play anything into it? Not at all. Um, if anything, to me, Devontae Freeman is the goal line back. Uh, because Tevin Coleman is like the change of pace speedster. Uh, it, it, you know, if you remember Devontae Freeman's 40-yard dash time, it was pretty miserable, actually. Uh, he's not really a straight-line quickness kind of guy. He's like the Deion Lewis side-to-side shifty. Incredible at that. Um, but what Tevin Coleman is, he's a long strider. Just because he's big doesn't, ma- doesn't mean he's the best goal line back. Uh, this is one of those situations where the smaller guy might actually be the better goal line back because Tevin Coleman really... Only becomes uh, like himself uh, uh, is only able to showcase his his skill set is when there's a wide open hole and he's able to show everybody his long speed because he's the long strider and you can't have a long strider as your goal line back. They're both gonna get touches. Um, last year, uh, uh, Freeman had like six more touches than Coleman. That's gonna be the case again this year. I'm just scared of Coleman, the new offensive system, everything. But Freeman could be a steal depending on where he goes in your draft. 
Also, his involvement in the passing game, too. He's going to be more involved in the passing game than Tevin Coleman. I don't think you really have anything to be scared about. He, he's being overdrafted right now. He's not a top-five running back. He's still a fringe RB1. I like Demonte Freeman. Thank you guys for listening to our first-ever fantasy episode, The Running Backs Part 1. We're going to be cranking out loads of these in the future. Part 2 is coming up next. Stay tuned for that. Be on the lookout in the coming days. This is the greatest time of year. Get used to the state-of-the-art sports podcast being all fantasy football all day long. So on behalf of the state-of-the-art sports podcast, we will see you soon.